I've got my pistol pawn cut. Ready to lick shots non-stop until I see your monkey ass drop. And let your homies know who done it. Cause when it comes to this gangster shit, you motherfuckers know who Milton Waddams literally sets the building on fire. <laughs> this is spoilers. <laughs> hey guys. I'm so pumped. Hey. This is spoilers. And hello, listeners. Let's go back and party like it's 1999 and talk about great year, a s- seminal classic. It's a great year. That's it's when a great the Phantom Menace came too. out. Of course, yeah. it's a great year. Yep. Just a great cinematic mm. year because of Phantom Menace. Now that's pod <laughs> racing. <laughs> really quick, Brett. What are some of the other movies? Just list them off. Uh, American Beauty, which I didn't love, but uh, me neither. Matrix. Uh, yeah, Matrix. Oh, man, sorry, I'm looking. Talk amongst yourselves. Fight Club. Anyway, we do a lot of research for this pod. Oh, yeah, the original Edgelord movie. Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, The Mummy, Austin Powers Powers 2. Welcome to spoilers. (laughs) And uh, just let's go around and go east to east tonight and just introduce yourself. And since we're watching Office Space and it starts off with um, them trying to make their way to work in the morning, I'd love to know your guys' best work commuting story uh okay this is brett from fort wayne i don't really have this kind of was sprung upon us um i took our friend jordan to work for a while uh when we worked at this warehouse and it was the dead of winter like the really cold winter i think like 2013 2014 and the the side of the pasture site uh heater went out so uh, after about a week of that, he got like really sick, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna drive myself to work." It was so this is, cold. This is brother Jordan. No other, no. but like close family friends with the lungs. Schaefer's Jordan, big fan, big fan Shout of the pod. Out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's the best I have, Josh. I thought it was kind of funny. Like he got sick because it was like zero degrees in our car, and I had the heat on, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he decided he was gonna drive himself after that. I do love it. Mikey, you're up next. I have, like, stories driving to and from work, like, late at night, uh, just just in the pitch black, just avoiding deer in the road, just really close calls and uh, really sleepy and, I don't know, just, yeah, bad weather, all that stuff. So just, like, just... Just uh, uh, grip on the steering wheel, <laughs> nightmare-inducing stuff, like, on the regular. <laughs> but um, uh, there's always, like, construction, I feel like, going into South Bend. That's where I work. And it's just awful. I think recently they're, they're doing stuff on an exit that I usually take, and I found myself just, like, going around and around on different exits, trying to find a way just to get off so I can get to work. And it's just so annoying. I, I, I think construction is the worst part of the commute for sure this is josh your host tonight and i live in goshen indiana um chuck freebie always says stay off the bypass whenever there's bad weather or you just have any doubts whatsoever um but my worst time on the bypass the us 20 bypass which i've almost always had to take to work during my career is i took my moped on it one time uh, and that was such an incredibly bad idea. And I was running late for work one time, like two weeks later, and I took the bypass again. And I 
dude, that's probably the closest I've ever been to death. So scary. What were you, like your thing went fast though? Like was it a speed thing or just? Not it's called a Honda your... Helix, and it can go up to seventy if you're just like cranking it. But man, like sixty five, right? It's got skinny yeah. wheel. It's got skinny wheels, and like a semi goes just by you. It. <laughs> I, I rode your Honda for about two seconds, and then I dumped it in someone's yard. A semi's <laughs> wheel was as big as my bike, and I was like a leaf in the wind out there. Just a bad look. Watch how I soar. Before Wait, for the listener, you have to imagine that Josh is similar in size and shape to one of those bears riding a unicycle in a circus. So. <laughs> He's not a small <laughs> just have to kind of, Yeah, you just have to kind of picture that. I'm very tall. I've been losing some weight. Gosh, judgy. Anyway, before we get into office space proper, let's get all the way out west. Corey, we're all from Indiana, so I know we've had trouble like getting to work. I don't know if you've had to deal with that, but go ahead and give us your best to me. Sorry if you got one. Well, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I live in the greater Los Angeles area and have for a very long time, so I know traffic very well. A couple of things come to mind. One time, I used to work on every major holiday at my last job, and I was driving home from work late at night, and I narrowly avoided getting a DUI because I did get pulled over, and I, I either stopped and drank somewhere or I was drinking a bottle of whiskey in the car. It was one of the two. Jeez. But um, I used to be pretty bad. I'm not like that anymore, by the way. <laughs> um, recently, though, this was only a couple weeks ago, when I was driving home in the evening, um, I was just, you know, pulling into like a side street, not in the freeway or anything, but I saw this crazy cracked out lady in a dress running across the street and you can tell she was like on one total tweaker and she was lifting up her dress to reveal that she wasn't wearing any underwear. She was probably maybe 60 to 70, oh, no. but really tweaked out and like just fully fucking gacked and gross. It was, it was not a pretty sight. I had to avert my eyes and... She was kind of like walking toward my car too, so I was like really waiting for an opening so she didn't get too close. It was just like the movie Office Space. Like I locked my doors, like Michael Bolton does when, <laughs> when he, <laughs> like sneakily, you know, I did it with my arm or whatever. Oh, it sounds like more like a horror movie. Yeah, these are gonna be fun, light little like anecdotes here, man. There's no fun out here in LA. It's all nightmare. It's a nightmare place. Well, we enter the movie Office Space, and one of the beautiful things I think about this opening scene is that it is, I think, right outside of Austin, Texas, but I said, like when I was watching it last night, this looks like it could be South Bend. It looks like it could be anywhere USA, just trying to get to work. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, It looked very similar to any place around here, for sure. And that made this movie all the more depressing, (laughs) I guess, when watching it. It's just... (laughs) So relatable watching this movie. Did you guys feel that way? A little depressed watching it? No, I probably did about 15 years ago, but like uh, when my life was kind of like going nowhere, like uh, Peter's life, but I'm in a better spot now. So, all right, fuck off, dude. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I've worked in an office like Peter for like maybe the last 10 years or so. Like, I've been doing like. The kind of work I do requires you working in an office, and it's like the most relatable thing in my life. In fact, my last job, we used to constantly make reference to this, and even at my current job, they do like the cake thing every month for like all the people that have a birthday in that month, 
And I either quote or think of this movie every time. <laughs> Next time I didn't get a piece and um Exactly. <laughs> By the way, Corey, what? I didn't say it wasn't relatable. It's super relatable. It just doesn't depress me. You're like, oh, like all those lame fucks whose lives are going nowhere. <laughs> like this this is me, dude. I am Peter. I share <laughs> I share uh my desk is in the uh, same place as two other people's desks. Like I get it. It goes drives me freaking crazy. One of the reasons I picked this movie is because I work on a team. My like my actual job is with a lot of people in their early twenties, and no one talks or really knows about this movie. And so, like, I started to feel a little bit like I was the only one that knew it. So, like, hearing you guys talk about how it's still really prevalent in your jobs makes me happy. I love this movie. Oh yeah. We meet Peter and there's like a little three part bit where like an old man in a walker is going faster than him in real traffic. It plays out a lot like a comic strip. Like I think a lot of this movie kind of does if you think about it, but we also meet his two best friends and Brett, how do we meet them? And what does it say about their characters right off the bat? God, I love Mike. Uh, his two best friends are Michael Bolton and Samir Naga Naga not going to work here anymore. Uh, no, Nahin <laughs> Naja and this woman who we assume has been delivering mail probably for a long time, but she's like, Michael Bolton? And then the dumb question of, are you related? Like, they ask, they ask Michael Bolton if he's related. You find out later that he freaking hates Michael Bolton, like his music, because of his name. And then, uh, you find out, and then she talks to Samir, and she can't pronounce his last name. And they both have a little, uh, I would say, anger problems, especially when it comes to this printer, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. I think everyone here has had problems with printers in their life. PC skip- load letter? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> That's like my favorite line in the whole movie, I think. You skipped over the very first shot oh. we get of Samir, where he's just in the car pounding a steering wheel. <laughs> I was thinking in the office. Yeah, no, okay, sorry. Uh, Michael Bolton is... No, is driving, he's listening to gangster rap. He's like, I got this killer up inside me. I can't talk to my mother, so I talk to my diary. So he's like cranking it up, and then this like old, non-threatening looking black guy's walking down the street, and he turns the music down, and he's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, locks the door like really subtly, and then when the guy leaves, he cranks it back up, and then uh, Samir... <laughs> It's just a rage monster because they're all stuck in traffic. Sorry, I'm done talking, but yeah, that that's such a great beginning to a movie. This like all three super depressed. Well, I guess Michael's not depressed. He's just feeling and, it. And Peter is like the type that he just like wants to be like dead. Like he just yeah. is like so fucking done. So you got like the really angry guy, and you got I don't even know how to describe Michael in that scene. Like what is he like? Um a, a paradox? I, I don't know. But yeah. A white dude that listens to gangster rap but is also like kind of agoraphobic or something. I don't know. He's a nerd, but I don't know. He's I, getting his frustrations out listening to that hardcore rap. So he's like, he's really feeling himself while he's rapping, but he's also like, also kind of a big wimp because he's not going to keep the music up while this black guy's walking by him. Even though Michael's like super high strung, I feel like he's one of the only, maybe the only one of the three that's like, doesn't have a care. Like he's not like worried about losing his job and he's not super ticked off. I mean, he, he doesn't hate his life. Like Peter hates his life. He's probably, yeah, he's probably the most uh, at ease with his life out of the three. I think Michael's the most at ease with who he is, except for his name. 
he's one of my favorite performances. David Herman is Michael Bolton. And I guess that was like the only person Mike Judge had in mind when he first wrote and delivered the script as cast, which is kind of interesting. We do get more introduction to the office setting itself, which is pretty brilliantly done in this movie. But I think we can kind of get to that as we move along the Mm -hmm. plot. But the inciting incident is this whole thing at the hypnotherapist. Uh, Corey, can you color this out for us? Yes. So Peter has a girlfriend named Anne, and she has talked him into going to this occupational hypnotherapist to help him, I guess, like with his stress about how much he hates his life and his job. (laughs) Which is kind of a decent thing, like get help. But at the same time, she's like bringing her friends to leer at him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't understand that. Why were they there? Like a group session? I think she's doing it for herself more than for him. Because he's such a pain in the ass, you mean? Yeah, I think that her life would be better if he wasn't such a... I could be wrong, though. I actually never thought about it. I think so, too, but I get a feeling she's cheating on him at this point. Yeah, I get that feeling, too, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. So when he's in there with the the occupational hypnotherapist, he starts doing like a a hypnotism routine to kind of... Uh, get Peter into a super relaxed and calm state. So I assume he can then deliver him some commands or like, I don't know, put something in his head. But right as Peter enters this super relaxed state, the guy has like a heart attack and just fucking dies right there. So here you have Peter now in the most relaxed state he's ever been where he doesn't care about his job. He doesn't care about his life. He doesn't give a shit about anything actually. And now he's just like that because the guy never like snapped his fingers to get him out of it. I think the attention to detail during the heart attack scene is like unbelievable. Like you slowly, very slightly start to see him, you know, like he's starting to sweat a little bit and his eyes twitching. And then he does the thing with his hand. Like I just yeah, think it's like really, really awesome. Um, and uh, also that probably the most profound statement in this whole movie is when Peter says, uh, ever since, since he started, started working, working every single day of my life has been worse than the day before it. So that means that every single day that you see me, that's on the worst day of my life. What about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Yeah. <laughs> the therapist goes, wow, that's, that's messed, messed up, up. man. <laughs> <laughs> because that's, I mean, that'd be awful. I mean, I, 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 mean, I don't get it, but I, I get why he's uh, just so devastated. I mean, he hates his life like so much, so much. So, but those are the two observations I made. Do you guys think this is like a linchpin in the plot that he's really on at some level kind of hypnotized for the rest of the movie or he do you think that's just of, kind of his, his euphoria wears off? Yeah. When the banking thing fucks yeah. up, he's like, I don't think I was cl- thinking clearly or something. Yeah. It harsh my buzz. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Committing a felony. Yeah. I think it starts to like fade as the movie goes on. Like, you know, b- by like the time they have the crisis, he's back to his yeah. old self again. Mm-hmm. I, Brett, you're right though. That line where he's like, every day <laughs> that you see me has been the worst day of my life. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, my so God. <laughs> So he, that is actually Peter's Friday night activity. Yeah. Um, it's a real fun Friday night after Hard's week of work. And he also got called in to come in on Saturday and Sunday. But after he's newly hypnotized and 
feeling fresh, I guess. He just lays in bed and his messaging, his message machine is going off all morning. And this yeah. is like a throwback to the 90s, having an answering machine that like you can hear throughout the house. What an asshole. Nobody hangs up on me. We're through. Oh, and one more thing. I've been shooting on you! So what you just heard makes it sound pretty bad for Peter, but he's actually in a pretty good mood, right, Mikey? Uh, yeah, he kind of just wakes up and listens to a few messages that he has. Uh, one from Anne, who's asking why he's not at work. Do they work together, or does we just assume like Lumberg called her or something? I, I think she just keeps tabs on him. Oh my god! Uh, but. <laughs> She'd be like oh, that. maybe that's who Lumberg is sleeping with, is Anne. Uh, Lumberg fucked her. <laughs> yeah, that's who <laughs> she's cheating on him with. Uh, and then he just goes back to sleep. He just, uh, yeah, I don't think he does anything that day. And then he comes in the next day, right? He comes right, because in. he talks about his dream of doing nothing. I did absolutely he's... nothing. And it was everything I dreamed it could be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Him and his two friends at work, they, they have this discussion before he's hypnotized about what would you do if you had a million dollars, which I I mean, in context of the times, I think they're trying to say if you had enough money where you didn't have to work anymore for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's quite enough. I'm not sure. Definitely not in California. But, it's not. No. <laughs> It'll get you a good six months out here. Yeah. <laughs> but he says that there's nothing that he would do. He would just... Literally do nothing. And I like when he tells Lawrence about that. He goes, you don't have to have a million dollars to do nothing. Look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do shit. (laughs) (laughs) I I love Diedrich Bader in this movie. He is so fucking funny. What's so funny is in this movie, his voice is so deep. In real life, it's like the opposite of that. Like It's like soft and... um, But I don't know. I love his voice in this movie. He's so funny. It is weird that the American dream is kind of to get rich enough where you can do nothing whenever you want. But... The antithesis of like never working and just doing nothing is like you know, kind of the American dream too. Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Corey. Uh, you remember Jonathan from the big dumb movie Flintstones, right? Yeah, that's Jonathan. <laughs> the Diedrich Bate, the Lawrence. That is him. Like. That's what he looks like. It- <laughs> not what he looks like it's just like he reminded me so much of him just like a blue collar dude that like <laughs> i gotta wake my ass up 6 a.m every day <laughs> doing a drywall to do mcdonald's one of the things i really liked about Diedrich bader as lawrence is he was also in drew carey's show what was that yeah. called brett the drew carey show, the drew carey show. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks so much different in that didn't he oh definitely it's He's, He's like hilarious. Cut, almost like Paul Rudd looking, but yeah. I just yeah. rudely interrupted Mikey. What were you going to say? No, I was going to ask who uh, was your favorite character in here because mine is definitely Lawrence. He has one of the funniest lines, too, when they're talking through the wall. And he's like, I don't want you fucking up my life, too, man. I'm going to Or he just mumbles it. Also, when they're like doing the plan, Mikey, and they're like, oh my just God. between that us. Makes me laugh. <laughs> Lawrence that makes is like, me laugh. I won't Every tell anybody time. either. <laughs> Don't worry, he's cool. <laughs> so, I feel like it's going to be a common theme. I don't know if it's different for Mikey, but I feel like Josh kind of said it earlier, and maybe uh, Corey too. This was like one of the movies when I was in high school. Like we quoted 
everything. Um, like we quoted like Bill Lumberg like ad nauseum and like everything like that. So this was like one of the movies where you just couldn't go down like the hall without hearing someone go like oh 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 or yeah. like you know yeah. I mean just <laughs> it's just one of those movies. Dude, I played that Lumberg shit out at my last job. It was so, <laughs> it was so stupid, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Lumberg is probably the most quotable person I hear on this. Just the, yeah, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> Peter, man, Charles, Channel 9. <laughs> stay, tuned, stay tuned for the end of the pod for maybe more about Lumberg quotes uh, in our trivia section. Meanwhile, Peter gets his messages, skips Saturday work, skips Sunday work. He comes in like late Monday. And there's this really cool scene. I forget who's care. It's the jump to conclusions guy. He like Tom. meets them all out in the parking Slide lot. <laughs> he's he's super worried, and he's like, "We're all gonna get fired." And they're like walking through parking lots and like these little drainage ditches. And I thought that was kind of cool usage of just like modern places that you don't really look at. I don't know. What do you guys think about? Um, were, were you guys like looking at like the area that they're in? where this building is at it's like super weird i guess but it's also trying to be modern like they're in like a just a an industrial park complex or whatever and it's yeah. mm-hmm. they're just like i don't know like what's his face peter takes down his own cubicle wall so he can see what the the driveway coming into this industrial park and he's like <laughs> super satisfied it's like he's not looking at yeah. anything interesting <laughs> but it's just everything that you could imagine being bland about this job is like bland. It's there's nothing to look at in the surrounding area. They even have to take, like Josh said, that weird pathway just to get into the building. Like they're walking through grass. It's super weird. But Friday is Hawaiian shirt day. Yeah. So yeah. you can wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. It's <laughs> jeans if you want. But yeah, I feel like uh, we've missed a little bit that is about to come up. Like the reason he comes back into work the first time after his epiphany or whatever is because he got uh what's her face his number at tchotchkes and he's like i got a number i don't want to lose so I, i'm just our timeline feel like is a little off but you're you're right actually it. yeah yeah i mean i i'm definitely gonna skip around here and we'll we'll play That's back cool. and move but why would he forward. keep her number in his work rolodex like why don't you just take that home i don't know why would you leave anything personal at work i guess i don't know yeah but this is also before (laughs) before this is also before like i guess a cell phone would have been like cutting this whole part out so it's just interesting i was like confused why i was going back to work if the hypnotism is inciting incident 1a then 1b is the bobs coming into the office and the best they well, we got Mr. Cox from Scrubs as one of them, but they, I guess, just lay out what they do, Brett, because no one's happy about them. No, they're uh, it's like a third-party company that uh, people that they come in and you know they assess people's jobs and try to make uh, cuts and try to save money, and it's uh, what is it, Bob? Slidell uh, and Bob Porter. Bob Slidell and Bob Porter, yeah. Um, so they're coming in. They're kind of getting the lay of the land, and they're going to be making cuts, and they're interviewing everybody. And 
they're kind of intimidating. Uh, they're like given uh, Spikowski or whatever, like the third degree, and he's having the worst interview in the history of the world. He's like, so you actually take the specs? He's like, well, no, my secretary does, <laughs> or or the facts. Um, and then like they interview Michael Bolton. And- no, they straight up ask Tom. They say, what would you say you do here? But it's the next part, his performance losing his mind. I'm a people person. A good, yeah, not being a good people person while saying he is a good people person. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you people? Yeah, and then they meet with uh, Michael Bolton and just happens to, those are like the two biggest Michael Bolton fans in the world. <laughs> of course. I celebrate the entire guy's catalog. And he's like, what do you say your favorite song is? He's like, oh, well, I, I guess I just like them all. In the exact same way. Yeah, they like love Michael Bolton. And then at the end, he's like, you could just call me Mike. And uh, they weren't very happy about that. So I saw a thing with Ron Livingston where he said the Michael Bolton jokes are like the one kind of regret he has from the movie, even though it wasn't like his joke. But he thinks it's funny, but he's like, with how popular this movie became, it's just kind of mean towards Michael Bolton. Like he didn't do anything. It's not even that mean. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but Michael Bolton like did a parody of this. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bolton like kind of turned himself into a meme. Yeah, like, he's yeah, funny. Sure. The, the Jack Sparrow the Jack Sparrow was kind of like his comeback. Yeah, yeah he's funny. Well, I I'm love yeah, what Ron said. One. I don't know. I I love when they're introducing the Bobs when they have like that little group meeting out in the office yeah. and like even before they get into the meetings, uh who's uh, John C. McGinley is like squaring up everybody before they even get into the interviews. He's like, if you look yeah. at him in the background, he's just it's like, like eyeballing, eyeballing everybody. everybody. Yeah, ready to fire he's whoever. Like, he's like, you're young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah, and oh wait, no, that's a different movie. <laughs> and Lumberg is like trying to play it coy, but everybody knows that these guys are coming in to make some cuts. And I'm, Lumber- I've heard this shit so many times. It's office code, is what it is when they say. We're going to try to figure out a way to make things run a little more smooth. Like, that's mm-hmm. such, <laughs> such bullshit. It's like, oh, we're going to turn your world upside down. All that corporate bullshit talk. Yeah. the I think the scene with Peter and the Bobs is like five minutes of absolute perfect cinema. Um, I think it's amazing, but I, I know we're not there yet. It's one of the... Well, we did skip over a few things, but I think pretty much what I wanted to get to here is Peter comes into work... And he's a lot different of a person now. He's wearing a lot more informal clothes. At one point, I think he brings in a fish and fillets it on Ugh. his desk. He's playing Tetris openly. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. He unscrews yeah. his cubicle and like gives himself. I'm kind of busy, but he gives himself an office view where he can see the window. So like he's just like kind of going nuts. And one of these times where he shows up late, it's like right in time for his interview with the consultants, and. Brett, I guess if you like that scene, kind of set it up, but I think we should all talk about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, Michael's trying to get him to, he's like, you got to postpone. He's like, no, I'm this. I'm having the best day of my life. So he just kind of comes in and walks in and, like, immediately acts like he owns the place. He goes over and starts pouring water. Like, I, I mean, and then he sits down. I'll let somebody else take it. I just think this scene is, I think it's unbelievable, honestly, so. 
Well, he does what uh, you're, I guess, supposed to do. You're just supposed to play casual and feel like there's no pressure or whatever on you. And he's totally super. Honest. Yeah, he's just killing it in this interview for his job. And he doesn't even know or care. Like, I guess that's really the biggest yeah. thing is he doesn't care at all whether he's fired or not. One of the biggest quotes here in the movie has got to be when he says 15 minutes of actual work is what he does in a week. <laughs> and he just bald faced tells him this. And yeah. <laughs> Cor- I always come in 15 minutes late. Corey, can you ex- stare at my desk? Sorry, go ahead. Corey, can you kind of explain how uh, he ingratiates himself to the Bobs? Why- they kind of cut forward a little bit, but why do they end up liking him so much? Like, what do they see in him? I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Um, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't really understand that. But I think I know. W- w- straight shooter. Well, but they he- do say, yeah, he's a straight shooter. He's got upper management written all over him. <laughs> I, I, uh, why? Because he's fucking, he doesn't give a fuck about his job and he's super honest. I don't know. But Mikey, what was your opinion? I think in you their said- weird way is... He's the most efficient guy in the office. He comes in late. He does all of his work in 15 minutes. And then he's like, yeah, I just try to like avoid being fired. And he's still crushing at his job. Yeah, I think that's the big thing as well. Like what you said for sure. But also he's got it figured out. He's like, yeah, there's no incentive for me to work harder. I'm only going to work just as hard as uh, so I don't get fired. And in their mind, they're thinking, this guy's awesome. Like Mikey said, he's he's super efficient. If we motivate him, uh, then he could be like a super worker. I think that's what they think. Again, it's also in the script, as my dad would say. But um, I think that has a lot to do with it, what Mikey said. That makes sense. But also, he's just acting way cooler than he normally does. And I think that's kind of rubbing yeah. off on them. The culmination of this meeting... Uh, much to the dismay of Bill Lumberg, is that the consultants want to fire several people, yes, but they want to put three or four people right underneath Peter, give him a little <laughs> bit of a bump, bump in his pay. Uh, so kind of in one fell swoop, Peter finds out that he's getting a raise, even though he doesn't care about his job, and his friends Samir and Michael, Mike Bolton, are going to be fired. But before we get to him telling them about it and their plans, we have been like kind of avoiding Jennifer Aniston. Hmm. And I think we should just kind of go through her timeline a little bit, Mikey. What what do we kind of see from her as the beginning and what's kind of her character arc here in this movie? Yeah, we uh, first see her when the boys got a breakout on like Monday morning right after like they clock in and they're just so fed up with the day. They got to go to Chashkis and get some coffee. Uh, and this is, uh, this is the girl Peter has kind of a crush on, but he's not making any moves cause he's still with Anne, who's cheating on her on him. Brett. This is uh, one of the biggest quotes too, that we always used to say in college, especially to Jews. If you're so obsessed with this girl, why don't you just ask it out? <laughs> <laughs> We said that to yeah. Drew Rocklin all the time. Our best friend, Drew. Our best. Yeah, dual best. Dual besties. <laughs> uh, and then, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, and then uh, she just, I don't know. I guess it appears that she doesn't like her job in the beginning, but I guess throughout the movie, we kind of see that she's just like okay with her job, I guess. 
or I guess way yeah. more okay with her job than Peter is with his. But she's also like having a day at work and she's like doesn't have enough flair on her fucking suspenders or whatever for this disgusting fake I, restaurant or whatever. I think her boss is like low key one of the funniest characters. Mike Judge. Oh, is that, is that is him? That, is that Mike Judge? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It oh, is. Oh man, he's so funny. He's like, and he's like so straight laced, and uh, he, I don't know. <laughs> he's so serious. He loves his job. So I much. think Mike Judge is seriously one of the the funniest writers because King of the Hill, I think, is just an absolute <laughs> classic of animation, and it's so smart and funny. I love King of the Hill so much, but dude, I'm a big time Beavis and Butthead fan. I love that shit. I've definitely seen all of those, Corey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really like Idiocracy, too, and I haven't seen Ugh. Silicon Valley. I, yeah, I, I forgot it was Silicon Valley, Because I thought it was an amazing premise, and I thought the execution was bad, but I'll have to watch it again, I guess. Brett, you like Jennifer Aniston. Um, yeah, she's pretty cool. Finish out her character arc. So, like, yeah, she's, I guess... When I read stuff about this movie, Mike Judge kind of told her that she's a stoner type girl. They never show that or say that explicitly, but does that make sense to you? And kind of like what happens to her eventually? I love Kung Fu. Channel 39. Totally. You should come over and watch Kung Fu tonight. Okay. Great. Okay. I don't know if I ever thought about that. She's definitely like kind of uh, somewhat laid back and... Her, I think her and Peter kind of bring out the best of each other, and they have a real nice relationship. But um, then this guy, who I think everyone knows someone like this named Drew, um, <laughs> who's like a humongous douchebag, and uh, he says that... Not like Drew Rockland. No, 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 not like that. But this guy, yeah, he said that uh, she had sex with Lumberg, and that just completely screws up Peter's world. Now, you find out later that it's talking about a different Lumberg. What does he say exactly, like, Brett? Nah, I don't remember. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Shout out to Brett not cussing ever on the pod. <laughs> but yeah, so that their relationship gets, and that, it just happens to be right after he tells her about their plan uh, to steal, which we haven't gotten to yet. But And so it's just all a perfect storm of crap and their relationship ends because he just cannot get over her, he said he thinks that she had sex with Bill Lumberg, who he thinks is like Satan. <laughs> One of the things that they changed from Mike Judge's original script was that she actually did have sex with Bill Lumberg. Oh, really? Isn't that odd? Their children yeah, would have hooves. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense because it shouldn't matter who she slept with, regardless of if it was Bill or this other Lumberg. But man, that dream Peter has about Lumberg. <laughs> When he's all sweaty and yeah, ugh. dude, that's my shit. How- when he breaks out the coffee cup, like that's <laughs> that's fucking classic. <laughs> How were the two Lumbergs in one company not related? I think the other guy worked at like Penatech. Yeah, this is the Silicon Valley of Austin, Texas. Here, this little industrial park they're in. All I don't mean to be too. Companies. I don't mean to be too tidbitty, but I guess Gary Cole, who played Bill Lumberg, yeah. he actually played really straight laced on set and kind of stayed in character. 
And the first time they were able to get him to crack and laugh was during that sex scene when Mike Judge at the last <laughs> minute was like, give him a coffee mug. And he just couldn't <laughs> help himself. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's just spoil Jennifer Aniston's plot. She ends up with Peter Man, right? Yeah. Yep. They kinda, I think so. They yeah. kind of get over all their stuff. and um, I really like Jennifer Aniston in this movie. I like the scene yeah, where oh, she's yeah. like calling him out on his stealing in like the most gentle way possible but also like <laughs> obviously you're stealing how's that that's stealing? That's really good stuff yeah it's pretty funny so let's rewind a little bit peter has to tell his good friend mike that he's fired from Inatech. mikey how does michael bolton take this info uh he's pissed and he's also questioning why Peter is getting like a raise and people working under him. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, this is just corporate stuff is like, it sounds like Michael and Samir were like actually good at their jobs and made like decent money. And the, the Bob's kind of like explained that they were just going to hire some like recent college grads to like save some money that way. But it just sucks. And Peter or Peter, I think was really feeling guilty, I guess. So that's why he ended up telling Michael Bolton at the bar, but yeah, he doesn't handle it very well. And Peter, I think the whole time is just kind of like edging Michael towards this uh, plan to like skim money from the company just as a kind of like a, a going away present for Michael and Samir, I guess. I don't know. Just to make, just to take the edge off of getting fired for them, I guess. As zen out as he is, I feel like he's really using their emotions against them here. Like, kind of knowingly. It's his objective. Yeah, he kind of g- uses them, yeah. So, Corey, what is the Superman 3 plot that he needs to convince him to do? <laughs> Something to do with, like, Richard Pryor, like, breaking Gene Hackman out of prison. Uh, I don't That movie sucks, dude. It's bad. <laughs> but it's all... It. So parts of it. The Superman 3 thing that they're talking about is also in... I think in Hackers, actually. I have to check with Steve on that. But the plan is they're going to do a... They're going to do a virus in, like, the, the computer system of Inatech, right? So Michael has this virus programmed. And the virus is going to take fractions of a penny off, like, small transactions where uh, interest percentages are rounded and are otherwise, like, not accounted for. So that the, those small fractions of a penny are going to go into a special account they have, I think. And to implement this, they, they need all three of them. Like, Peter has to deliver it. Uh, it's Michael's code, but Samir also has to, like get it to work on their specific operating system or yeah, something what like is that. Sam- yeah, I was questionable about Samir's involvement there. Like They said he's the only one that knows like the bank software, so I assume like whatever <laughs> special operating system they have. It's pretty crazy. They have a virus that will allow them to get a bank, like debit card, ATM yeah, card. Yeah, they got a debit card. That's fucking... <laughs> yeah, they're leaving a big electronic trail. Of just this debit card. <laughs> I don't know what they were planning on doing. No, I probably just linked it to one of their own existing accounts. But <laughs> The plot itself really kind of picks up from here because there's a really cool scene where they are like implementing the virus and in slow motion, you know, they do like a really stylized 
like drug handoff maneuvering heist, but in actuality, it's just like passing a floppy disk and walking down. <laughs> no a hallway. one would have ever noticed. <laughs> yeah, the freeze frames are so good. Like <laughs> his inner jacket pocket. Yeah, and they make it seem like it's like a spy thing, and then at the end, they realize how easy it was. <laughs> <laughs> so was it easy, though, Brett? What? No, but I'm saying nobody gave a crap. No one was watching them. Like they acted like they had to do, be super sneaky, and then at the end they're like, "That's it." So they do so. like empl- they do employ the virus, and it seems to work. And one of the most memed parts of this, Corey, is Peter Peter Gibbons' gift to them as <laughs> on their last so day of work. So oh my like, god! How can like Mikey? You're a little bit younger than us. 90s kids do you like really appreciate this scene because like i could see where it maybe be boring i don't know this scene is not boring be- no this is an all-time <laughs> classic scene i love the song too yeah and it's what well, they're beating up this this printer that has given them all so many problems while they've been working here and I don't know. It's like you're not seeing the printer from looking down. You're not looking at it like it's a person that's getting beat up. You're like looking up from the printer's point of view and the fact that like Michael Bolton goes back and still continues to use his bare hands to beat the shit out of this computer, out of this printer. Yeah. That that just shows how much contempt he has for this piece of technology. That's brilliant. Yeah. They fucking stomp out a printer like it's a goddamn like Like, 90s hood movie yeah like like american history x and they curb stomp that printer it would be a horribly graphic scene if it was a person is what i was saying (laughs) at one point he just like grabs a bunch of wires out of its guts like pulls them away (laughs) (laughs) samir does like this crazy like high axe kick oh he does it like so many times it cracks me up every time i see it that guy Sur- is like surprisingly acrobatic when he does his breakdance move and then yeah. he just like yeah and he's so tiny and he's been making no indication that he's like got moves or anything and he whips out this breakdance move after they pull off this heist and it's just so hilarious just so much While good ghetto boys is playing yeah <laughs> really Dude, funny the- Mike Judge loves ghetto boys. For fucking A. So Peters talked his friends into committing this crime. Um, he uses arguments such as, like, American prison isn't that bad. Uh, <laughs> this isn't Riyadh. Such as, like, there's no way we'll get caught. But, Brett, how he, do they he get says caught? says we're going to go to a, a minimum security resort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounded like a uh, lot of get- their bases for this not not being so bad was the fact that they get conjugal visits. I mean, don't you have to know somebody on the outside to get a conjugal visit? Yeah, they don't just, they don't just bring them in. Yeah. You don't just sign a sheet that says, yep, I'll do a conjugal visit. <laughs> so everything's perfect. They're celebrating. And then uh, the first crack in this movie, it's like the first down spiral is Peter goes to the ATM and instead of seeing probably, I don't know, three bucks, he sees like three hundred. He sees like three hundred twenty-six thousand dollars on that. And then they are freaking out. And you find out that Michael Bolton screwed a decimal up somewhere. Oh my gosh. 
they're like, I think they're going to notice $326,000. I like, like, they're trying to figure out, like, they're super panicky. But they're trying to figure out, like, what to do. Like, should we just give the money back? They're like, no, obviously, then we'll be admitting guilt. You so hand them a check my, for exactly the same amount? Yeah. Michael, Michael says, like, maybe we can launder the money. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, let's do that. Like, having no idea what that even means. So they look it up in a dictionary. It's like... <laughs> Not it's like not related to what they're doing. <laughs> I love that guy that comes over who's selling magazines too. Who actually Orlando Bloom? No, Jones Legolas. Yeah, he like Six, actually seven, used seven. to also work at Inatrode or Penavit, whatever they are, <laughs> Penatrode. <laughs> but he's like pretending to be a person who's like a former gang member, so they corner him and try to like get him to tell them. I used to be addicted to crack. Tell us one, the name of one coke dealer, so we can want <laughs> this money. He was like the Seven Up guy in the two thousands, yep. wasn't he? Yeah, maybe even late. Uh, yeah. 90s. Uh, yeah, Seven up those guy. were hilarious commercials. He was in The Replacements. It's a funny movie. So Michael Bolton and Samir, like, they they used to be on Cloud Nine just a night or two ago, dancing and partying, and now they just found out this terrible news. And without a clear plan in place, they leave the house, but not before Samir looks Ron Livingston right in the eyes and said, You are a very bad person, Peter. You are a bad person. <laughs> Which he kind of has a point. Peter really did mess up. So, Mikey, Fuck what? That. You know what no? Snoop Dogg would say? You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. <laughs> yep. Michael screwed up. Well, I think Peter agrees with me. Mikey, what does Peter do here? What is? How does he decide to move forward after he knows the the gig is up? Uh, well, he comes to the conclusion that he's going to turn himself in, right? Or he's going to. He's take all the blame. Yeah, he's gonna take all the blame for it. Yeah, and uh, money. yeah, he kind of has a moment with Jennifer Aniston in the parking lot where he like admits that he was wrong about it and that he's really just like depressed about his job. That's like his real big problem. But if he if she gave him another chance or something, then he'd be pretty okay with his life. Is what he was kind of coming to the conclusion to. You know. Uh, I don't think we've talked about Milton yet. And this I was going to I was going to save him for my yes or no's, but yeah. This is a, a movie that's based on a series of cartoon yes, yeah. shorts <laughs> called Milton. And that is kind of why I mentioned him in the spoiler right up front, but it, yeah, that that little comic I, I watched it earlier today. It's called like The Office Space featuring Milton, and it's just Lumberg and Milton, I think pretty much. Oh, hello Milton. What's happening? Well, um, I was told that I could receive overtime on the AIU DCP project and... and Ooh, that's going to be kind of tight on the overtime. But I was told that they... Yeah, we're really short on billable hours. Well, in fact, I'm going to need you to go ahead and take the rest of the day off. But, so, uh, if you could just go ahead and clock out as soon as possible, that would be terrific. Okay. Well, okay, but... Oh, and uh, if you could just kind of go over those AIU DCP files at home tonight, that would be great. Okay. Well, thanks a bunch, Milton. Bye-bye. But... Well, okay, but... I could have you killed. 
story, almost like Brett did with Jennifer Aniston earlier. Can you just like quickly take us through Milton's arc through this movie? Well, I just want to say that Milton is like the useless fuck that every office has. Like, I know we're supposed to feel some level of sympathy for this dude because like Lumberg sucks and everything. But like, I've worked with too many guys that are just like, how do you know how much he's doing? You have no idea how productive he is. I have a fucking good idea. Okay, I've worked, I've worked <laughs> with a lot of Miltons. This guy ain't doing shit. Okay, what the heck? He's just talking on the phone to fucking Peter, telling him about his life problems <laughs> the whole time. This dude is listening to the radio. Fucking. So anyway, the thing with Milton is he's like really pushed around in the office, and like he can't really speak up for himself. So like he gets moved around all the time. Eventually, he gets moved into like the basement. The Bobs reveal that, like, he was fired, like, years ago, but due to a glitch in their computer system, they were still giving him a check, so he was just still coming to work every day. I mean, eventually they just stop that, so he stops getting a check, and no one ever tells him, like... Fix the glitch. Oh, yeah, you've been fired for, like, four years or whatever. <laughs> no one says shit to him. And he keeps, like, mumbling threats, like, that he's gonna set the fucking building on fire if people keep fucking with him. <laughs> The thing is, though, no one listens to him, almost to the point where if they had just listened to him one time, they'd be able to put together who burned down the building. But Peter, if he gives that like little knowing look at the end when he sees Milton kind of like scrambling off, he knows. Peter's a good guy. He listened to him. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, Milton... Um, uh, so that's a bit, I don't know. We actually just had to stop down for like 15 minutes because <laughs> Brett, we thought we lost the file. We don't have spoiler men Stevie or Pappy here tonight. And so we usually back up all our recordings with Hijack. And we don't have that backup system tonight. So are we all good, we Brett? Are, all are we smooth good. sailing yeah, we're again? Smooth. I, I, my things are showing up. It's all good. Mikey, you haven't talked for like 15 minutes. You've been like catatonic. Are you good too? <laughs> I'm just reading Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. So I think what we're what we're talking about is like Milton lost his stapler and his like desk got sent down with the cockroaches in the basement. <laughs> then he asked him um, to get rid of the cockroaches. <laughs> and he he has really had his last straw and um there's some jokes made earlier in the movie. Two jokes, actually. I counted them. Um, where they talk about Peter being so upset with his job that he's going to come in with gun with a gun someday. Um, he doesn't like follow through on that threat, but I don't think that stuff would really fly in 2020. But Milton does follow through on his threat. And how does that play out here for Peter, Corey? Peter decides to do the right thing. Take the blame. Say the virus was him and him alone. Take full responsibility or return the money. And he leaves a letter and the money, I guess, in the form of checks or money orders or something under Lumberg's desk. But Milton, the next day, early, he stumbles into Lumberg's office and, you know, he finds the stapler that, like, is for some reason he's obsessed with. It's this red stapler. And... (laughs) I guess he's just, he's had enough of this shit. He's done being pushed around and he follows through <laughs> with what he said he's going to do. Burns the whole fucking place to the ground. Let me just chime in here because there's one piece of trivia everyone knows, I think, and that's 
swing line staplers didn't actually make red staplers till after this right. movie, which is kind of interesting. And then there's also this little like double joke because when Peter throws like the checks in his confession under the office door, he like calmly walks away and then has a moment of regret where he comes back and tries to reach under the door and kind of panics to get it back, but he can't. He doesn't want to go to a federal pounding in the ass prison. Yeah, but then like right the in. double joke. Yeah, Milton the next day, like the door was just unlocked the whole time. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I noticed that this time, I think for the first time. So I think that's about it. Um, what's the very close out here, Mikey? We almost get like a little bit of a montage where everyone's at after the fire. Uh, yeah, we see the fire and Milton running off and Peter kind of like acknowledging that it was Milton that started the fire. And then, uh, Peter's just going around and he talks to Samir and Michael Bolton and he's like, everything's taken care of. Don't got to worry about anything. And Peter's in like a full construction worker get up. I guess he took a job with, uh, Lawrence as a construction guy and are they at in cleaning up the fire yeah. or because he picks oh, yeah. up the stapler you don't want that Peter man that's <laughs> toasted <laughs> uh, yeah and then uh, I, it's said that Michael Bolton and Samir get jobs at the other tech place like across town or whatever Penetrode <laughs> that's such a funny joke no it's, it's not that right <laughs> But it's just such a funny joke. No. There's an attack in a trode, and someone says penetrode at one point. <laughs> Peter, he's like, you guys are at penetrode, right? And he goes, in a trode. Just like a throwaway, funny, like, hee-hee type joke and just thrown in there. I just think it's hilarious. I like, though, that Peter is actually, like, legitimately at peace. Like, not yeah. from being hypnotized or anything. He's, like, I think he, he's found something that he's more comfortable with, and that's cool with him. Like, he says something about like this isn't so bad being outside getting fresh air like you know mm-hmm. he just did something else and it worked a little bit better for him not to disparage like construction workers or anything but it's like he always wanted to do like nothing or a mindless yeah. job and like just digging he's just digging holes or whatever and he was like totally <laughs> content with that but not to say that he's not not to say that construction workers aren't doing anything. They're obviously working very hard, but yeah, he just wanted something not at in attack anymore. In Ron Livingston's interview that I mentioned earlier, he also says that he thinks the success of this movie is that like a lot of the office stuff, yeah, it's iconic and very relatable. But ultimately Peter is able to take a like lesser societal rewarded job probably for lesser money for the sake of happiness and is able to kind of like escape the whole like corporate system or something yeah yeah for sure i think the idea of like the corporate structure or whatever was like something he really did not vibe with at all but I, I, for the longest time, I was like, oh, I think this guy just hates capitalism and like the way Americans think about making money in this country or something. But then at, in the end, he's like perfectly fine with the job that he has as a construction guy. So it's like he just really just hated the office, office culture. Well, yeah. 
also, and it, you know, this has come to me on the most recent watching. It also might be that in addition to like, he didn't have to suffer these major consequences. So he has like a newfound appreciation of life. That's true. Yeah. So the combination of those two things, I think leads him where he is as a content man as to where he started a completely miserable man. He should start getting hypnotized like every two weeks to keep that buzz yeah. like surfing. Plus he's got <laughs> Jennifer Aniston too. So. Yeah, he's got Jennifer Aniston. I'd be working at McDonald's, man. If <laughs> that was the situation, I'd be content working at McDonald's. <laughs> so the movie ends with Milton on the beach, I guess like in Mexico or something, just drinking margaritas, chilling. He's fine. Um, he's basically in the situation where like, wh- what would you do if you had a million dollars and we get to see that play out for Milton? Um, really quickly before we zoom out though deleted scene at the very end when they pull out from Lawrence and Peter uh, their foreman comes up to him and he's like um yeah I'm gonna need you guys to pick up the pace a little bit <laughs> so it kind of gives this like bittersweet feel to it but I thought that was pretty thoughtful and cool ending I wish they wouldn't have taken that out what do you guys I think? saw yeah I saw him walk up to them both and I was like oh is he gonna say something here because I guess I've never noticed before but it, yeah it does look like they kind of cut it early there i, I never knew <laughs> that's that. weird i never knew that and every time i watch that scene i'm thinking to myself man peter better pick it up and stop talking or he's not going to be working there very long <laughs> so I, it's yeah he was just funny. talking to his friends for like 10 minutes yeah. in the parking lot it's like dude you still got a job here man and, like lawrence is talking too but he's still working like peter's just got like his foot up and he's just like ah. Uh... Yeah, I never noticed that. <laughs> Isn't this nice? <laughs> Fresh air. Like, yeah, do some work. <laughs> yeah, if you guys could just go ahead and sort of pick up the pace a little bit, that'd be great. Brett, Brett, like you were at to point out several times during the <laughs> pod, uh, we kind of skipped around a That's little cool. bit, so I want to give you guys all an opportunity to bring up something that we may have missed or that you really like and you'd like to deep dive a little more into. Uh, I don't think I need. I want to deep dive in the movie. I think this movie's got a lot of like amazing uh, character actors in it that uh, all come together. And I guess Gary Cole was a character actor back then, but he kind of became kind of a bigger star. And I think Stephen Root is one of the most underrated actors. I think he's awesome in everything he's in. Um, yeah. I, I've never disliked him in anything. And this, this isn't like my favorite Steven Root role, but, uh, role, but I think he's awesome. Diedrich Bader, like we said. Uh, I want to see Samir and Michael Bolton. I've only seen Michael... What's his name? Herman? David Herman. David. I've only ever seen yeah. him in Angel, a few episodes of Angel, and uh, I saw Samir in one episode of uh, West Wing. That's the only time I've ever seen them. So I'd like to see them in more. And uh, just think it doesn't get. I think this what makes this movie is all the character actors um, coming together and being all, like Ron Livingston's probably more of, of a leading man, but uh, just really great cast and it's got such watchability, um, especially if you you know give it a couple years like I did. David Herman as my or uh, Michael Bolton, David Herman, who like whatever you want to call him, he went to high school with Jennifer Aniston. Actually, oh. wow, he's like a pretty prolific like VO guy. So I guess he doesn't do too many movies, but he's in a lot of cartoons and stuff. Because I I was trying to see what he, else he was in, but 
It's not a lot of movies. His looks of contempt and disgust in this movie crack me up to no end. <laughs> There's a like point where I- he like breaks the fourth wall and looks directly at the camera. <laughs> I think when she says case of the Mondays, oh, yeah. he gives like this saddest sap look. Check out his IMDb uh, official picture when you get a chance. It's I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it Mikey liked it. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, he's like cross-eyed, yeah, cross-eyed if you guys want to check young. it out. Mikey, Corey, you guys got anything? Yeah, I got two things, actually. So one of them is from the IMDb trivia. It says that the term ass clown was entered into Webster's Dictionary a couple <laughs> years ago. And Mike Judge was credited for first using it in Office Space wow. when Michael Bolton says, you know, that no talent ass clown. <laughs> but Can I add to I that? Wa- well, I want to add to that real quick. It okay. might be the same point, actually. Okay. So the guy that plays Samir is in this really short scene in the movie Bad Santa. And I put this together just after reading this fact. But um, he, like, confronts Billy Bob Thornton in the parking lot, and they, like, almost have a fight. And right before walking away, he looks at him, like, and it's just, like, a close-up, and he goes, ass clown, and then he walks away. So I don't know if it's oh. some kind of, like, subtle reference to this or not. But go ahead, Josh. No, what I read is that in the original script, it said something like Michael Bolton is a no singing, talentless clown. And they didn't, they thought that that line made it sound like no singing meant he didn't, like he milly vanillied it or something. So they Mm. wanted to change it. And what I read is that David Herman actually himself came up with saying no talent ass clown. (laughs) (laughs) I see. (laughs) So like, I don't know. The ass clown stories are Uh, much confusion uh, here. uh, But high importance. I do do have one more thing real quick. I'm sorry. Um, They talk about a show that I fucking loved. And that was the like reboot or continuation of the Kung Fu series in the 90s. Did you guys watch that no, shit? I, I, I was familiar with it, mm-hmm. but I never watched it. Oh, man, that show was the shit, dude. I fucking loved that show as a kid. I thought it was so cool to see, like, the little bits of scenes that they have in the movie and them, like, reference it, because I was all about it. Specifically that iteration of it, which was, like, Kung Fu, the legend continues or something. Anyway, that's all I got. I got a couple. Well, just to reiterate... Like Brett said about the cast, I mean, I'm looking at it on IMDb. You go all the way down to, like, John C. McGinley, who's one of the Bobs. Both of the Bobs, like, all of those guys, there's, like, 15 people there. Those are pretty recognizable Mm -hmm. comedians. Or, like, 10, 15. There's a lot of people in this movie. And I think everybody is cast pretty well. I I don't think I would change anybody. It's all really good casting. And then also connected to, like, Corey's, I'm looking at IMDb trivia. It says the PC load letter. Yes thing was also improvised by david herman <laughs> he so it popped up on the screen and he had never seen that before and he's like what the fuck is pc load yeah, like he was and supposed it, to I say more lines yeah that's so funny that's funny i also heard that the samir samir not gonna work here anymore anyway is also ad-libbed just pretty oh, crazy so good naga naga uh, well not gonna work here anymore yeah, oh are... my god <laughs> that's yeah that's hilarious all right let's get into yes or no's we did east to west coming in, so let's do west to east going out. But I'll go first as host, get mine out of the way. Um, if you've never listened to spoilers before in Office Space, is for some reason your first episode, we do a binary rating system where we all just give it a flat yes or a no. 
and what that means is kind of different to each person on the pod. So let's get into it. Um, ever since I joined Spoilers, I've been wanting to pick this movie because it's so informative in my life, and it's just a huge yes. So I'll just put that out there. So we have this thing in our pod where it's like, if you pick a movie that you're really fond of, you automatically get really scared because everyone else can tear it down very easily. But I eventually just talked to myself into it and the little voice in my head said, if you're so obsessed with this movie, why don't you just ask it out? (laughs) (laughs) So I finally did. And guys, I had a great time talking about it with you tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. So that's my yes. Corey, you're up. Yes, this is Corey. I'm going to give it a hard yes. I... Some of you guys know this. I don't really like comedies. Yeah, like as a rule, that's my least favorite movie genre. You just like torture porn. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. A man of torture taste. porn, regular porn, and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I only really like comedies that are nostalgic to me for the most part, and this one definitely is. And somehow it all still works, and it it rings more true in my life. Every single time I see it, maybe I just need to be fucking shoveling burned office buildings because, man, man I, I'm telling you, that Peter is a relatable man in the first third of the movie. <laughs> anyway, it's a hard yes. It's awesome. Yeah. Mikey. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, just with the times that we're in right now with Corona and everything and people are like working from home now, I think everybody's coming to realize that, yeah, a lot of them have been in the same situation as Peter for a long time, just in a mind numbing office space. But yeah, there's just so much relatable about this. And I think that's why it hits so hard with the comedy. And it's a really funny movie. There's a lot of great uh, character actors in here. And I think Mike Judge is a genius. I love everything he kind of does and writes about. And I think King of the Hill is amazing if you haven't ever seen that, but uh, it's a really good movie, Josh. I like that you chose it, and I guess I haven't like watched it nearly as much as you guys have because I forget a lot of the jokes and stuff, and I was still cracking up so hard. But yeah, it all—it's the thing about it is, is like it's also so relatable. That's also kind of makes it a little depressing. And you guys were like not depressed watching it because you've seen it so many times, but it's still like <laughs> r- sort of fresh to me. So I guess it's just like. Ugh. Man, corporate America really does suck. So it takes a little bit out of me when I watch it, but I still think it's an all-timer of a comedy movie. And I'm sure Brett's going to mention that PC or that uh, printer scene because it's one of the goats of comedy scenes, I think. But yeah, it's a hard yes for me. Brett, Fort Wayne. Uh, I won't say that much. I think I've made my... uh love for this movie pretty clear like I, I had taken a few years off because i'd seen it so many times but yeah like mikey said that that song with ghetto boys uh still when they're beating up the, the printers awesome i like i said the attention to detail i think that the scenes with the bobs are all awesome i still read 20 years later um i think uh hopefully will be relatable for as long as people work in offices but this is uh a hard, hard yes for me, and uh, I thought I had something else to say, but I'm just gonna. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I was gonna ask Mikey if they were gonna cancel King of the Hill because of the portrayal of his neighbor, but I guess we'll find out in the future. 
Uh. Cancel yeah. everything. Brett, I have a question for you. When you come into work on Monday and you're not feeling too good, does anyone ever say, no, looks man. like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. <laughs> <laughs> like to get your ass kicked if you say something like Ugh. that. <laughs> Thank you. You would think we had that written out pre-pod, but no. That was also <laughs> yeah, as hard, hard, yes. <laughs> it's Marlon Brando's. Thanks, Brett. Uh, without further ado, yep. you guys ready to get right into trivia? Yes. No Pappy and no Stevie here to take it from us. Okay, I'm going to describe the game. It's a new game. Um, it's called Movie Script Golf. And there's going to be three holes. And... The only clue I'm going to give you is right now, so pay attention. Um, these numbers will go up as we go. So just a really small hint as we move into it. But what we do here is I will mention something from the script, and you will have to tell me how many times you think that occurred. And however many away you are from the actual numbers, how many strokes, I guess, you get. So the lower you are, the better, number-wise. Um, Brett, since you have advantage, um, I was thinking I would let you go, like, I want to do snake here, so you'll go first, second, and last, but you can pick when and where you do that. So you can pick the order. I'll probably probably stick with first, second, and last. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to let you listen to the first question and you can decide if you want to go first, second, or last. So you want to be closest to... The number. Okay. That's where you get. Okay. Got it. Yep. Yep. Okay. So movie script golf. How many times is the word fire said? Uh, I'll go second on this one. Okay. So I think that means Corey should go first here. How many times is the word fire said in office space? Okay. So the word fire, not fired. Fired could be in there. I don't know how many clues you want to give out, being as though you're going first. But I'm gonna say twenty-seven. Uh, Brett, I'll go twenty-three. Okay. And Mikey, I'll say eighteen. The actual number of times they say the word fire, and I thought I'd get you on this because um, they say like. Milton only says he's going to set the building on fire three times, but they do talk about people being fired quite often. So <sighs> it actually is 11 times. You all overshot. Oh, wow. Corey, you overshot by 16. Brett, you overshot by 12. Mikey, you overshot by seven. So you're in the lead now, Mikey. Ooh. Next question. And Brett, you get to choose the order again here. How many times is the word Lumberg. I guess it would be oh, a name, God. not a word. The name Lumberg so is muttered many. how many times in office space? Um, <laughs> I'll go first. Um, Lumberg, I'll say Lumberg. 41. Okay. Dang it. That means Mikey's up. That was close to what I was going to guess. Uh, I'll say 50. You can say the same number, right? Sure. Uh, (laughs) I'll say that's true yeah 30 so this is unprecedented the actual amount of times is actually 30 
Boy, <laughs> got, you hit a hole in none there. I've never seen the likes. I stay close though. So you have you have fifth you have sixteen total strokes. Brett, you have twenty three total. So it's anybody's game. Um, Mikey, you have twenty seven. So you're still right in there too. The last one. Wait, how many do I have? Sixteen. Okay. <clears throat> So this one's a little bit different. In the order, Brett, are you last now? Yep, last. Okay, so it's going to go Mikey, Corey, Brett. The question is, how many speaking lines does Jennifer Aniston say? So uh, how many speaking instances? If she just goes off for a paragraph, we're not talking sentences, but how many mm-hmm. times, how many, yeah, how many speaking lines what? does she have? Not how many lines, not how many sentences. So like, Wait, uh, lines? Like start different than sentences. If, yeah, if her and Peter are talking back and forth quickly, each one of those would be a new instance. But if she's just unbrokenly going for like two paragraphs, which oh. I don't know if she does, that doesn't count as like each line is a line. So how many instances? I'll say she's really not in the movie that much. Is she? I'll say 20, 20 times. Corey. 25? I gotta kind of swing for the fences. Um, I'll say, how much has Corey beat me by? Seven. And he said twenty-five. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. I will say thirty-three. All your guys' guesses were quite. Terrible. It's way higher. Jennifer and Aniston has 78 speaking instances in office oh. space. Brett, your gamesmanship won it for you there, yep. I think. You had to have. finished in the lead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I, the I, next movie is Brett's. He won golf with really a terrible score of <laughs> 68 hey, he, he strokes in three holes. He had a quadruple <laughs> bogey to win it at the end. He only had a driver. You only talked like ten times or what? <laughs> no, actually, I thought I mean, it was any more. I started like getting super like salivating when they guessed so low. I was like, please guess low. I was yeah, I was trying to think of like total screen time, and it's like, well, I guess she was only in like five minutes of the movie. <laughs> There's like, the problem with trivia is your guys' guesses always fuck me up. I think something and then I change it based on what someone else says. <laughs> I gotta think. There's a lot of back and forth when they're in the car. Because it's a lot of quick, so oh, I good point. I figured there were a lot of extra ones there. So basically, what I did was I went and command F'd the script to see how many times the word Joanna showed up, and then I counted how many times that wasn't like in the that heading sense. of her speaking. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, that's trivia. That was a new one. Movie script golf. Hopefully, we can do that again sometime. I might change the rules so that if anyone gets a hole in none again, you might just win automatically. Corey, that was pretty good. For uh, but that doesn't take effect until next week. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> still working exactly. out the, yeah, what the in this hell, game. Man. <laughs> Wait, do I get the one after Brett? Uh, you're gonna have a lot get- more people to contend with. Pappy, Stevie, maybe even Jordan will be back by then. But before we hear. What Brett's movie is. Let's kick it over to Spoiler Man really quick. Spoiler Man here. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Now you can check us out on Spotify, 
YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Brett, in the break, you said you've been thinking about this movie for a long time. Did you stand true? What movie is it? We are going to be reviewing the 1980s classic acid trip fantasy story the never-ending story oh (laughs) i have not seen it in so long and pappy i don't believe has ever seen it so and he loves that kind of crap i've never seen it it's crazy man uh what is that david bowie the uh, labyrinth labyrinth with all yeah yeah, it's exactly. Moon it's right child. in the, If if Pappy is likes there, that, he'll like this, right? Is there more yeah. or less cod pieces than labyrinths? <laughs> less. This movie's way. This movie ah. is like so dreary. There's like very few happy moments in this movie. It's That's it's true. classic well, though. You've seen it, Corey, right? Yeah, I mean the movie is about being overtaken by despair. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh, office space. <laughs> it's just it's office exactly space. opposite of office. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> But man, it's like got one of the saddest scenes ever in it. I can't wait to talk it's about it. It's fucking awesome. All right. Well, so, guys, yeah. thanks for joining us, everyone, all you listeners. Uh, it's kind of a weird night because, Mikey, I think you're the only original, original member of Spoilers. But we'll get Stevie and Pappy back in here the next few episodes. So, with that said, take it away, Spoiler Man. on the episode if you want josh i think that is the single greatest trivia game we've ever had on the show <laughs> really no it's, it's super original i mean like i thought i mean obviously i like mine and stevie's really long ones are really good but that was just like super unique it's fun it's like a really nice uh, take on the closest two no poor man's jeopardy best trivia that is good <laughs> i've gotten screwed i do that, like though, the instant so. win Instant win, hole in none idea. <laughs> it I, would make it more dramatic. And maybe yeah. going from <laughs> lesser numbers to higher, you start with higher numbers and move to lesser. So I've I, had my movie picked for a while, but uh, I'm going to pull something up. Let us know. I think Mikey has to get going pretty soon. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to work do tomorrow. Anything. Well, I have to work. Season. I have to work at Pizza, but... Mikey and Brett were both Breton before the pod. As long as we start on time, it's cool. You said that, Mikey. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. I said... Okay. You know we could just put this in the background. I wasn't playing it to put on the thing. It was just we can hear be... it pretty well. Oh, I thought that was like part of your intro to the movie. You're going to be like... <laughs> Are you ready to come back, Brett? Yeah, I'm ready. And we're back. That was spoilers.